Uh, joining us now on Radio Sport is Steve Lancaster, who is the Head of Participation and Development for New Zealand Rugby. Steve, thanks for your time this morning. You're welcome. Okay, so has North Harbour Rugby made the correct decision here? Oh, we, yeah, we believe they have, and, and certainly um, for their union. You know, they've been through a pretty thorough process. Uh, it's an evidence-based approach. They've recognised some of the challenges they've got in this uh, space, and, and they're prepared to try something differently to address those challenges. So, it's, um, yeah, we believe it's, it's the right decision for them. Would their approach work for every rugby union in New Zealand? Well, we certainly think it would work for a number. Um, and, you know, we're, we're talking um, at national level with... Well, with all of our unions, but um, but others are certainly asking the same questions uh, presently in terms of um, the right point for um, for players to be identified into representative programs and uh, how that fits with the um, the long term development pathway, but also how it impacts on participation. One of the things that really came through loud and strong yesterday was a lot of the rugby public have strong feelings and and um, emotional ties to the roller mills. What do you think this does for the roller mills tournament? Let's go five years down the track. Will it still be there? Oh, look, I wouldn't want to speculate on that, but what I will say is, I mean, it is a tournament with a huge amount of uh, history. Um, you know, I remember um, the, the, the prominence of that tournament when I was a kid back in the black and white days, and um, I, I wouldn't see this necessarily being terminal for that tournament, but it may change the shape of that tournament a little bit. You know, I, I think, without putting words into uh, David Gibson's mouth, that they're not saying that the, the, the competition itself is problematic, but probably some of the behaviours around... Uh, some of the programs and the teams that compete in that program have become honestly Did they run this change past you before they decided to implement it? Yeah, yeah they did. Look, we've, we've been actively engaged with all of the northern region um, provincial unions um, over the last several months on the shape of, of age-grade representative competitions and Harbour have been actively engaged in that process. So, yeah, we've been, we've been walking side-by-side side with them through that. Should we expect more rugby unions to follow suit? Uh, look, I, I wouldn't want to speculate on that. I mean, there's there's a range of programs and, and competitions throughout the country, and it, the context is very different, the length and breadth of the country. And so it's really up to each provincial union to consider their own um, their own circumstances in making these decisions. What options have you got at your disposal here, Steve, to try and arrest the slide of player numbers? Yeah, well, that's a, that's a really good question, right, because there's, there's two, two aspects to this, and one is about the, the player development pathway into high performance, but the other is about participation in one of the things we know is that you know, kids play sport, in fact, not just rugby, to have fun. They like to play with their mates and they like to enjoy it. And one of the things that we're seeing very clearly is that this whole selection and deselection concept at an early age is impacting on kids' enjoyment and their desire to continue to participate in the game. So we, we think this is definitely a positive step um, regards participation. Um, there's other stuff that I think you'll see coming from us over the next year or so around the, the form of the game, um, ways to make it easier for uh, kids to participate casually, but this is a this is a positive step in the first instance. So, Steve, when do you think is the best age for representative teams to be introduced? Then, well, we, at national level, our capture point is under seventeen, so we don't we don't select kids into, um, and and that's through um, through the Super Rugby region. So we run under seventeen development camps. Um, below that, we we don't uh, identify and capture kids into national programs. So. Logically, you'd say that uh, provincial unions running under 16 grade comps um, has a role. Uh, below that, uh, the jury is probably still out sort of at, at, at under 15 level, but below under 14, 
we, we don't see a lot of value in representative programs in terms of developing future elite performers. Aren't we essentially seeing junior development programs now being implemented by schools when they are dishing out scholarships yeah. to guys that are, or, or children that are younger than 16 and 17? Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's, a, that's, a, that's a whole other scenario in terms of the, um, you know, the, the, the role of secondary schools in, um, in sports development and talent development. And I think you're probably aware we've conducted a separate piece of work on that last year and we're about to sink our teeth into that as well. But in a way, does the, the, the high schools adopting that particular approach undermine your general philosophy of not uh, picking rep teams until the age of 16? Look, look I don't know that you would say it undermines the approach, but certainly we've got some concern that you know, there's this really strong focus on um, performance programs in schools, and that is having a, a detrimental impact on um, the kids' motivation to play if they're not clearly within that um, performance stream. So that's something that we'll be looking at um, separate to um, this decision Harbour have made on their um, their under 13 and under 14 grades. The decline in player numbers, mm. as far as issues go for New Zealand rugby, Steve, where does this rate? Oh, it's significant. It's something that we, we're putting a lot of energy into. As I said, you know, just before we, you know, we conducted a review into secondary school rugby last year, which was largely driven around understanding uh, the declining teenage male participation. Uh, and now we're working closely with our provincial unions and we will be working closely with schools and school bodies going forward to understand what actually motivates kids to participate in rugby um, and, and what it is that's going to make rugby an attractive proposition for them. So, yep, very important for us. I know you don't want to speculate on what other unions might do. Would you be surprised if North Harbour is the only union to go with this approach? I guess, yeah, if you rephrase the question to try and get an answer, but I would be surprised if they are the only union. As I say, a number of other unions are asking the same questions and going through the same deliberations, but as I said before, you know, the context is different in every union, and so um, each union has to be able to make these decisions in its own time and uh, taking into account its own individual circumstances. Steve yeah, Lancaster uh, joining us this morning, the Head of Participation and Development for NZ Rugby.